This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin and I'm part of the team here at Parenting for Faith. And this is episode seven of season two. Now we have got something a little bit special and a little bit different for you today. You'll know in this greatest hit series, we've been uh, looking at some common topics and some things that you guys have asked about, but this is an all new episode because we have something brand new coming out. In just 10 days on the 18th of March, Rachel Turner's latest book, her ninth book, can you believe she's written nine books, uh, is being launched. It's called Comfort in Uncertain Times. Now, Rachel has written a whole range of books, as you can imagine. Uh, Many of those are written for parents and leaders to help their children and teens meet and know God. Um, There's the Blue Omnibus book, which is all of her three original books, and that's mainly aimed at parents or people who really want to get their head around parenting for faith. There's Parenting as a Church Leader, that is affectionately known as the Orange Book, it's the one with the orange cover. If you're a church leader, I'd really recommend you get hold of that. There is the Green Book, It Takes a Church to Raise a Parent, all about shifting church culture. So, so good for children's and youth leaders, church leaders as well. If you're involved in your church children's ministry in any way, you might want to read that too. But she also wrote a book about five years ago, some of you will know, called Comfort in the Darkness. And this was taking biblical stories of nighttime and sleep and the dark and seeing where God was in them. It's very much a resource to be used within a family. And Comfort in Uncertain Times, this newest book, is much more in that vein. Except instead of looking at the darkness, it's looking at biblical stories of anxiety, loss and transition. Saying, where is God in that? What's he doing? And what can we learn from it? It's got, uh, they're brilliantly and beautifully retold and it's got all the resources that come with it to help you have a great conversation. It's going to be really, really useful. So we are having a book launch on March the 18th. Now I'd like to say we're going to be swanning around with glasses of bubbles in a uh, bookshop that smells beautifully of new books, but you know, that's not the era we're living in. So it is going to be on Zoom, but bring your own drink, uh, bring a friend. We've made it so that you can come as a church or an individual or a group. It is completely free to sign up. And not only will you get a free chapter of the book, you'll also get a discount code to buy the full book. And Rachel's going to share how to use it. So you'll have the resource, but also just some really great ideas, really practical. How can we get using it? I do not know a single human in this world, a single family who has not been impacted by anxiety, loss or transition in some way. So I really think this is for everyone. So do sign up. You can do that on our website and we'll pop a link in the show notes. But I uh, pinned Rachel down. I found some time when she was free and I just asked her some questions, um, which is what I'm going to share with you today. So this is me interviewing Rachel Turner, author of Comfort in Uncertain Times. Uh, It's kind of a sequel to Comfort in the Darkness, but kind of not really. Uh, It's in the style of Comfort in the Darkness. So uh, I've written a book called Comfort in the Darkness, which is sort of stories exploring sleep and who God is at night. And uh, just as a resource for families to explore together the ideas uh, through reading Bible stories and having a discussion. And we really felt like um, there was another 
big topic that kept coming up with families. You know, we, we did darkness because it's like everybody's kids struggles with sleep at some point. And we realized, particularly through the pandemic, but even before that, that uh, times where children and families struggle to find God is when there's a big change that comes, whether it's, uh, whether it's a child who struggles with anxiety or whether it's a big grief moment for kids or whether uh, it's just a change, moving house, moving schools, uh, your teacher gets sick and you get a new one. Um, change happens all the time. And uh, we often turn to mental health tools to help, which is fantastic and wonderful. But there's also a really powerful thing of helping our children connect with God and understand who God is in anxiety, loss, and transition. And so uh, we wanted to write a book to help families do that. Okay. So I want to poke a little bit at these themes then. So anxiety, loss, and transition. That's right. Yeah? Yes. So let's think about anxiety first. Um, Obviously, you've just been through the process of writing this book and thinking about anxiety and that and the role that that plays in a in a connection with God. Do you think it can be helpful? As in, can anxiety help you to connect with God? So if you didn't have anxiety, would you be missing out in some way? (laughs) What an interesting question. Um, No. I I think all of life points us to God and all of the struggles we have make us cling to him. But I do think that the plan of God is for us to exist in his constant peace and provision and understanding. And, and anxiety is a symptom of, uh, of not, of, of being on the journey of still trying to find how to cling to God in every moment. And so we experience anxiety when we, um, when the problems of our life and when the changes uh, become so big that those become the most important things to us. And we, and we begin to, to lose um, our grasp of who God is and, and what he is doing in this place. And so, um, uh, so for me, I think it's, it's, uh, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to turn and find God in it. Um, but the goal is so that our kids are walking in the peace that passes all understanding. So that mm. it's not a process of anxiety and finding peace and anxiety and finding peace, but that our kids learn how to walk in that peace. That doesn't make sense when you're facing things that would naturally cause you anxiety. I, I think that's the purpose of God that we have. And we get to help our kids learn how to find that quicker and quicker and to start their days like that. And when they reach something that would normally cause anxiety, uh, how to, how to reestablish themselves in that peace quickly. Mm, I like that because I've wondered about um, so Jesus living on earth as a man would he have experienced anxiety is that something that he would have to have faced do you think or with his constant connection to the father and being asleep on a boat and all those kind of things uh, do you think that wasn't something he had to face particularly this isn't really about the book now I'm just I'm no, just interested I know. to ask the question as a team, we had this huge debate about this, didn't we? About the difference between fear and being scared or afraid, and mm. uh, and I I think I think the idea of Jesus sort of experiencing no emotions. I think sometimes we picture anxiety as an emotion, and I think Jesus experienced the whole range of emotions, mm. um, and and therefore I think he would have experienced moments of 
surprise and things that that faced him that caused uncertainty. I think what Jesus shows us is how to live with God so that those emotions aren't the primary thing that rules us. And so I don't think I see Jesus walking around in anxiety. I think I see Jesus being overwhelmed by people who want to be healed by him and him calling a time out and going out into the, the sea to have a break with God. I see him experiencing emotions and coping with them in godly ways to restore and find connection and peace. And I think that's what I'm hoping for our children is that they experience the range of emotions and know exactly what to do with them in the seasons as they arise. You know, we see Jesus pouring himself out in Gethsemane saying, please, you know, this, if any, there's any way that I don't need to do this, please let's figure this out, but, but your way. And then we see him walk this path in a sinless, peaceful way that was filled with pain and, and horror. And yet he walked, um, in a journey that we can only hope to walk through when we walk through those things. And uh, yeah, so I, th- I think it's not about, did Jesus not experience his emotions? I think it's watching how, how he handled those emotions that um, inspires us. So uh, the book talks about loss as well. Which uh, Bible stories did you use to talk about loss and, and why did you pick them? That's very interesting. Um, I, I, I tend to, just because of my personality, tend to want to go with stories that are less used. <laughs> Because I think, I don't know about you, but like we go, oh, it'll be the Jesus swept story. And so we instantly go for the ones that we think we know. And I think sometimes that means we disconnect from stories because we know them so well. And so uh, the one of the ones that I used to discuss loss um, was, well, two of them. One, I talked about Hagar and Ishmael and the time where um, Hagar and Ishmael, they're, they're the father um, and Hagar's husband, partner. Whatever, it's complicated, uh, <laughs> basically said, you can't live with me anymore. And Ishmael is now disconnected from his home and disconnected from his parent. And they're struggling to find water and food. And they're just at the end of themselves. And I think there's a loss of everything that Hagar and Ishmael was experiencing. And um, and that's the moment where they thought they were going to die. They, the mother just laid the kid on the ground and walked away because she couldn't watch the suffering of her child anymore. And God comes and um, provides water. And uh, when Hagar is telling Ishmael about it, she said, God sees, he's the God who sees, because God said, I heard the crying of, of the child, and I responded. And uh, I love that Ishmael didn't have words, he didn't say a fancy prayer, he just was experiencing emotion, and God heard and responded. And so um, the, the point of that story that I wanted to pull out was that you don't have to have words for God to hear you. You don't have to have words for God to see you. Uh, and that there are times where our sadness and grief will be so big that all you can do is experience it and God will hear. And that was the point of that story. Um, I also pulled out um, right before Paul, uh, a different story, right before Paul went to go back to Rome. And basically he was told, you're going to die. Like that's, that's, that's it. It's the inevitable thing. And all of his friends trying to cope with the emotions of the idea that they're not going to see their friend again. And them talking about Stephen and watching Stephen die and how when Stephen died, he saw Jesus and 
uh, was reaching out for God. He was filled with peace and purpose and joy. And that no matter what we're experiencing and how we face the death and grief that is coming, we will all see each other again because of the glory of who Jesus is. And that, that sense of not only in the pain and grief that we experience, God sees and hears, but also that, that no matter what loss we've experienced, this is not the end because one day and, uh, and the, the joy of the one day, it may not be happy right now, but it's comforting uh, right now and uh, the joy of the one day and to talk about that and to talk about how we feel about that, that we can have someone in our family that we know uh, may not make it and we can pray for healing and we can see what happens. But if, if this person dies, that is not the end uh, because we will all together one be. So it's stories like that that we cover. And um, I'm aware some people listening to this are going to be, their families are going to be in situations right now or have been recently or coming up situations of grief or loss, difficult things going on. Um, and I've been quite struck by how difficult people tend to find it to sit with those emotions and to explore them. I think often our gut instinct as a parent or what we were modelled was to cheer people up or encourage them or think of a way to put a positive spin on something. Why do you think it is important to take time to explore and process those more difficult emotions? I think in one way, we can't find healing unless we allow ourselves to experience it. And we can't talk to God about it and engage with it unless we're willing to name it. And so I, I think some of some of what I wanted to explore in the book was, was enabling us to recognize the different experiences that we have and provide a language for us to say, yeah, I do feel like Ishmael. I, I feel like that because sometimes having names for the emotions that come up in grief and loss and anxiety, are, it's too complex. There's too many layers. I just feel like I want to vomit from my heart. I don't know. There's nothing really to say. And so I think being able to identify with people in scripture who've walked that can be a helpful way of processing it because then you can go to God and say, this is how I feel. This is what I need you to do. Or this is what I feel come close so that I'm not alone in it. Uh, and I think being able to sit with it and validate that is really important because otherwise we find sometimes children um, experience shame if they're feeling emotions that don't appear to be um, echoed in the people around them. If I'm experiencing deep grief and you're just trying to slap a happy face on it, well, now I'm letting my parent down because I can't put a happy face on it. So I'll hide my sadness. And you get all these complex emotions where um, when you're validated in your experience and taught what to do with that, that's where it becomes healthy. If you're not taught what to do with it, then you're just stuck in this pit and can't climb out. But if we can say it does feel like this and this is what I do with it, it can be really significant. Um, I, I know that people in in these situations struggle sometimes to know how to talk about it and what to do and how to connect with God. And that's part of the reason that we wrote the book, because it's not just the stories to identify with, but it's how to take that forward. So in, in every story, we have the story, that's a retelling of it. Um, we have the key truth so that like, if you can't remember anything else, you're like, this is what we're talking about. Uh, this is this is the one thing to grab onto about God in this um, amongst others. And then we have conversation starters of 
of really just a series of questions, um, not even in comfort in the darkness, we gave you lots of different ways it could go. And for this one, we just wanted to make it really peaceful. So it, it literally is just questions that you can ask to have a conversation, to lead through a conversation and ways to connect with God about it in a way that you don't even have to think about it. Um, you don't have to create an activity. It really is just saying, let's tell God in this way, or let's ask God this. And so it's a very gentle, non-activity based way of having a conversation, taking the tool that you learned from the story and just trying it out in that moment, you know, in the story of, of grief and not having words to just sit there and not have words with God and just let yourself try that for a moment and talk about what that was like. And so the, the book is to, to facilitate you having the conversations that you don't know how to have or not quite sure where to go with it and how to connect with God in lots of different experiences and ways and different ways of who he is in these moments so that you can find what's working for you in this time and to bring yourself in the truth of who God is in this time. And, and when and where do you picture people using a resource like this? Because we all know the scenario, you're kind of, everyone's tired, you're getting ready for bed. Um, and that's often when the, the questions pop up of, why is grandma ill or I'm starting a new school and I don't know how I feel about it or those kind of things is this the sort of thing that then you pull out and you you chat about before bedtime or other different um places where it might work I think every family is different so I'm always hesitant to say this is the time you're supposed to use a resource um I think this one is really interesting. Come from the darkness, definitely use it nighttime. Uh, but this one is going to pop open conversations about situations that you're in. And your family may not flourish at bedtime talking about big things. Maybe you don't want to be like, hey, let's talk about death before you leave for bed. Good night. Uh, maybe that's not the time you want to do it. Maybe it's once a week on a Saturday morning where you're out for a walk and then you go grab some ice cream and then you read a Bible story and talk about what's going on. And so I don't think there's a prescribed way of doing it. I think it's sort of saying, when do I and my kids have the emotional energy and will to discuss the big stuff? Uh, and this doesn't mean that you can only read this book when you're in the crisis. I think that's the other thing is if you know you're going to move house next year, engage with the ideas now. So you're building a framework for your kids so that when you say, Hey, remember when we talked about this, this is that, and you build those tools ahead of time. But if you're in the crisis and a question comes up, yeah, sure. Pull out the story and read the story and have the discussion, uh, or feel free to, to build it in in mornings or afternoons. There is no one way of doing it. The, the only way I would suggest that I would say is important is that, is that to read the stories and not do the conversations or the connecting with God, I think will not serve you as well as if you do it all together. Because uh, sometimes with just reading the story, you're, you're stuck trying to puzzle the story, but a conversation after it or a way of connecting with God after it really enables you to land that well and to help you feel like you can button that conversation and feel equipped to do something about the emotion that you just opened up. And so particularly with this topic, I think being able to read the story and have a conversation about it um, and, or pray about it. I think it's that, it's that pairing. It's the, it's really equipping your kid to have an experience of processing something or thinking about something in the future and knowing what to do with it. I almost didn't ask this question because we are all so sick of talking about it but we are two years into a pandemic and we're I was going to say we're maybe coming out of it I don't know I can't even comment on that but um coronavirus is a thing at the time of recording and obviously as part of that lots of children and families have experienced 
changes. They've experienced loss in all sorts of ways. Um, almost certainly some anxiety as well. But there's no coronavirus in the Bible. Uh, there aren't any Bible stories about COVID. Is this the kind of book that could be used to address some of those issues? Absolutely, because whether it's a pandemic or a catastrophic house move or disease or illness, to me, you know, the pandemic is this big experience that has loads of little experiences of change and anxiety, all of which have been experienced through all of history. Uh, and so we feel like we're in an unprecedented pandemic, which is true, but we experience the same anxieties and grief and loss and change that we have in, in multiple times. And so, you know, I look at Priscilla and Aquila as one of the stories in the Bible, uh, in, in this, in the, book and you know they were just living a great life in Rome and then all of a sudden were kicked out of their home and house and everything they knew and had to just go towards an unknown future and they had no idea what that would look like and yet God wove it for good and gave them a whole new way of having a, a house church and they discovered Paul and they got to live with Paul for two years and they got this whole new life adventure that they never knew out of something that really was destructive and disturbing and ripped the carpet out from under their feet literally and so uh I think, you know, you can see those and go, in what ways have we felt that our whole life was destroyed? In what ways have we felt that we had to go towards a future? We had no idea what it was like. And over the past two years, what are the places that God has wove it for good? What, what is the, the places that we've seen a, a good moment and go, gosh, that is something really significant that God brought out of something that was really negative. And so you're, you're learning those tools to be able to not only process your past, but to process the next time you feel like your whole world has been destroyed because throughout scripture, people's worlds have been destroyed and God has shown himself beautifully in all of them. And you did a really useful podcast uh, segment on this before, which was all talking about, I'll link to it in the show notes, but just, you don't have to replicate the exact same situation in the Bible, but you know, what elements of the emotion or the challenge are similar. I personally just found that really helpful. So yeah, I will link to that. Thank you so much. We are really, really excited about the book coming out. It is out on the 18th of March. And if you would like to be at the launch, you can get your tickets from BRF online. They are free. There is no charge. And we're encouraging you to sign up. There will be a special discount code. Uh, you can come on your own or come with a group of friends. Uh, when I say come, it's online. Everything's online these days, right? <laughs> But you can watch. Um, Rachel will be sharing a lot more about the stories in the book, how to use them, that kind of thing. So pop that date in your diary and we'd love to see you there. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. And as usual, we have a question to ask your kid to start an interesting conversation. Have you ever known that God was with you when you felt anxious or scared? How did you know? Have a great conversation. Go and sign up for the book launch for events or pre-order the book online. We'll see you next week where we're going to be chatting about siblings. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course to get in touch or to find out about training and events near you.